Good morning. I'm Anna Marie. It's time again for Focus. This is a closer look at people, places, and things right here in our community. And today we get to speak with the March of Dimes Ambassador family. Uh, first of all, would you introduce yourself and introduce these lovely people in the room? Yes, good morning. My name is Joan McMurray, and I have with me my daughters, Lauren and Logan, and my husband, Robert McMurray Jr. Okay. How does one get to be the ambassador family? I'm really not sure, but (laughs) I know that we've worked with the March of Dimes um, many years. My husband's been very active. It's one of the charities that he's been really um, committed to over the years um, as far as fundraising, giving Mm -hmm. back. Uh, And we especially came, this especially came to the forefront for us once we had children, babies that were premature. Um, Our twins were born at 32 and a half weeks Mm -hmm. and that's how our March of Dimes journey began. So what does 32 and a half weeks mean? What's going on at that point? Well, for twins, for us, we had at least another two weeks that we needed to have them keep them in in order for them to be considered, you know, healthy and ready to go. But they came a little early because I had run out of room, meaning there was no more room for them to grow, nowhere else for them to go. So I had been to the doctor earlier in the week for a typical monitoring um, just of the babies, checking their heartbeats and everything. And he just told me, he said, we got to try to keep them in two more weeks. Mm -hmm. And that way um, we'll know for sure that they're ready to go. But he said that I would not keep them in any longer than two more weeks because I went from like a size six to a size 18. Wow. Is that a normal development for carrying twins? Well, I was all baby, that's for sure. I was all baby. You saw the babies before you saw me. Oh, my gosh. Um, Only gained like 75 pounds the whole pregnancy. This has nothing to do with babies born prematurely or the March of Dimes. I'm just curious, how can you possibly do that as a human being? How does that feel to to have that? Because they'll go, well, we're going to strap this bag of potatoes on to some guy and let him see what it's like to be pregnant. Is that kind of stuff anyway accurate? I don't know. I just can see. I don't even know how it feels to carry one baby. I only know how it feels to carry two. Um, and I would say one would be asleep and then the other would wake up. So there was always activity going on inside there. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Did you have cravings and stuff while you were pregnant? Not so much cravings. I mean, I ate a lot of healthy foods. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I ate a lot of uh, chicken and dressing because I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. But I, didn't, I can't think of anything particular. I slept a lot. Uh, you're one of those rare people that I've ever heard of that didn't go, I've got twins. I'm eating for three now. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. And I've never had morning sickness, never had any, no nausea, mm-hmm. no vomiting. I didn't have any of those things. And I told my husband, I said, we won't do this again because we won't be so lucky for this to come out as perfect as it did. <laughs> and as you said earlier, what was it when I said, so you're the mom. I'm the mom. I'm also the wearer of all the hats in the household. I'm the driver to the uh, events. I'm the doctor. Um, you know, I'm whatever needs to be done in the household pertaining to the family. So we just, you know, I just jump in there and get it done. So you had um, an uneventful pregnancy? Uneventful pregnancy. The day I went to the doctor to be just monitored, I was in labor and didn't know it. What? Did not know I was in labor because one of them would always be asleep during the day and one would be moving around. And when I got there, um, they put me on the monitor and she says, you're having contractions. I said, oh, no, that's nothing. They're just moving around. I said, that's that's my daytimer. Uh, and I said, um, she's just moving around because Logan was on the left and she would be up. I mean, you know, she would be up early and all day long. And Lauren uh, was on the right and she would be just, you know, 
bumping around at night. So, you know, I had a daytime and a nighttime. So I just felt like, you know, this is normal activity for me. Girls, are you still like that? Is one of you a daytimer and one a nighttimer? It depends mm-hmm. on like whether you got to go to school the next day or something. Who's the daytimer? Who's the nighttimer? Who wants to stay up all night? Depends on the week. Yeah, yeah. Logan is usually my one that'll go to bed earliest. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren, Lauren can stay up. She can be the last one to, to, to go to bed and the first one up because she's not, Lauren's not going to miss anything that's going on in the household. I understand that feeling. Mm-hmm. And so you go into the hospital and uh, you went, why did you go in there? I went to the doctor's office just to be monitored. They just wanted, they, when you get so far along having twins, they want to monitor the heartbeat and just check the babies. Because like I said, you run out of room, so there's not a whole lot of places for them to go. So they want to make sure, because, um, you know, as you get further along in your pregnancy, the babies don't move as much. So they just want to make sure that everything is going all right uh, with the pregnancy. And so they said, uh, hey, ma'am, you're in labor. Right. So they put the fetal monitor on. And at first it was like the contractions were coming like every 30 minutes, 45 minutes. So then they went through the gyration of the little jungle juices that kids drink. They Mm -hmm. gave me one of those, the worst stuff in the world. I don't know how kids drink those, but they are terrible. So they gave me about two or three of those trying to calm the contractions down. They gave me a banana. They did all of this. We did this for about an hour and a half, almost two hours. And finally, the doctor that was there says, well... We're going to have to send you over to the hospital. I said, well, you better call my doctor quick. I said, because he's on his way out of town and there is a resident that is actually going to be covering for him this weekend. And he told me whatever I did, I needed to go home, stay at home in the bed. Don't be going to birthday parties or anything else. Just sit still this weekend because he didn't want the resident to deliver the baby. (laughs) <laughs> He'd been with you this whole journey. Right. And this, I've had the doctor since I was 17. So he was just yeah. giving me the lay of the land. So that's where we were with that. Go home and sit still mm-hmm. and keep the babies in. Right. That's what he told me. <laughs> and so did they get in touch with your doctor? They got in touch with Dr. Bourne. He came downstairs and he looked at me and he says, he says, you're in full on labor, kiddo. And he says, we've got to get you to the hospital because Lauren was up under my diaphragm and they couldn't see whether or not she was breathing or not. Mm. And she had gotten so far up under there that they couldn't see her. And he said, I don't want you to go into labor. He says, I'm going to have to do an emergency C-section. Yeah. Why is that? Because it didn't, it would put more pressure because there was no room for them to, he didn't want you to go into labor because of that. He didn't want them, me to go into labor because Lauren had they had started turning where they would come out the correct way. Oh, oh. Head first. Logan was head first, but Lauren had flipped around, so she would have come out breech. Right. And he didn't want that, you know, me to deliver one and then still have to have a, a C-section. Yeah. Okay. So what did you think? What What's going through your mind at all this? You're like, I had this perfect pregnancy and I didn't get sick and I only gained just baby weight. And I was real calm because my godmother was, ironically, that day she had gone to the doctor with me. So she was with me and, and I told her, I said, well, we got to go to the hospital and have this baby. So she was making the phone calls, calling because yeah. my mom wasn't with me that day. So she called my mom. She called all the necessary people. Good. Uh, and then they told me, they said, you need to call your husband. Tell him not to go home and get a bag because if he gets a bag, he's going to miss it. Just oh. come straight on. So um, we called, he told his supervisor and he came on. He came straight on. And that's how our story began with March of Dimes. So did you actually meet someone from the March of Dimes then? Or did you realize later that some of the technology that was being used for you and the babies was uh, uh, supported by research through March of Dimes? How did March of Dimes actually get involved? Well, what happened was... Uh, I realized after we came home from the hospital 
and you know, after the twins were in the NICU unit, and then they finally came home. Tell people again what NICU means and how long the girls were there. That's a neonatal intensive care unit, and that's where the babies, after they were delivered, uh, we got a brief glimpse of them, no holding, and the team of doctors that were there at Baptist Hospital, uh, they let my husband and I look at them briefly, and then they took them quickly to the NIC unit um, to take care of them, and they were their guardian angels for about two to three weeks. What had to happen in that two to three weeks? What milestones had to be reached before the girls could come home with you? Well, we had to reach the milestones of, of course, you know, um, gaining the appropriate weight because one of them was a little bit over two pounds and the other one was a little bit over three pounds at birth. Mm-hmm. We also had to, you know, be, become sustainable on our own. They were healthy. Uh, initially, they had a little oxygen, um, but, you know, they had to be able to maintain their body temperature um, because initially they could not. So they were in a incubator just keeping warm yes is that something that develops in the final stages of a baby's development right that's something uh usually when a baby when babies are born you'll notice that they come out and they quickly put a hat on their heads to uh, keep them warm Um, but lauren and logan with the low body weight they just were not able to stay warm initially Mm -hmm. um you know they had the hats on and whatnot but it took them a little while logan of course uh, came home first so she was able to maintain her weight quickest and then Lauren came home um, about a week or two later. So maintaining the weight helps to maintain the the temperature? Right uh, because they were you know they were just so frail they didn't have any a lot of fat and you know they had muscles and tissues but they didn't have a lot of fat on their body to, and the fat and fat on your body helps you maintain the your body's weight. Anybody who's a little overweight knows that. Right. Like everybody around <laughs> them is cold and they're like I'm hot all mm-hmm. the time so I understand that theory. Right. And so they came home after what two three weeks? Logan came home probably after about a week and a half two weeks and then Lauren followed her about a week and a half two weeks later. And then, so how did you find out about March of Dimes? How did, when did that all start, that relationship? Well, when they came home, we were introduced to a service called um, Babies, Nurses for Newborns. And our nurse, Bibi, uh, who ironically lived like right around the corner from our house, um, she said that the program that she worked for was started in conjunction with March of Dimes to support families after they came home from the hospitals. And she would come in uh, weekly and do weight checks on the babies, check their vitals, uh, give us support as far as health-related items. Because if you look at your hand, an adult's hand, they were only a little bit bigger than our hands when they first came home. So that's a small baby. Mm -hmm. That's a small baby. Um, And as you can see now, they're 5'7", you know, very (laughs) tall, 14 years old. Uh, robust teenage girls but at that time they were very little and you know it took a lot to take care of them because you know we wanted to make sure we were doing the correct things to make sure that they were growing correctly so she came in and measured them making sure they were staying in the right percentile she would also alert us to things that we would need to discuss with our pediatrician like um just you know if their weight was on target or if like if if there was a situation where, you know, they were crying or a situation where milk and things that normally would work for a regular baby, mm-hmm. digestion problems, anything like that that they may be experiencing because they were, you know, a little bit smaller babies, she was able to tell us about that. And that service was really wonderful, too, because we had a 24-hour angel on call because we could call her if they were crying at 1 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock in the day, and that lady literally got in her car, came to our house, 
She gave us advice. If that didn't work, she said, call me back. And, and there were a couple of times where we called in, in the wee hours, you know, late at night or early in the morning. She got in her car and came and made sure that they were all right. So you had new twins at the house, and they were as big as your hand, just as big a little as bit bigger than our hands. Yes. I want to ask you how that felt as a mom. If you're just joining us, we're talking with the March of Dimes Ambassador family right now. Mom Joan, uh, we're talking with the McMurray family. They're this year's Ambassador family, and their kids Lauren and Logan were born prematurely. They should have stayed in another two weeks at least, mm-hmm. and they were born early. And very tiny, uh, just a little larger than an adult's hands. How did you feel like about you look at those little babies and they're like, uh, did you have them wrapped up? They probably weren't any bigger than like a burrito. Had two little burritos. And these are these are your your children. These are two little precious lives. How did you feel? Were you confident? We were excited and nervous at the same time because they were so small. We were excited to have them. Um, because, you know, we did know that the doctors did tell us that the nice thing about it is that they were healthy babies. They just were small babies. Oh. They didn't have the weight that they needed um, in order to come home. So there were no um, abnormalities, uh, so to speak, or things that were not developed. They just needed to be there for the weight, to gain the weight, to maintain their own body temperature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's that is uh, we were. Would you say we were excited but nervous. Yes, we were excited but nervous at the same time. I guess that's probably how a lot of families feel. And then when you look at, you know, infant clothes, because we had bought preemie clothes and we'd also bought, you know, zero to, you know, zero to newborn clothes. And I mean, everything was so big on them. Oh, oh my <laughs> Everything goodness. was so big on them. Yes. So how did you dress them? What did you use to dress them? Well, we dressed them in, I mean, we just put them in the preemie clothes. They're just like, if the, if the sleeper was 12 inches long, they may not have filled out the whole sleeper, you know, oh. you know, like they're, you know, they were just little, yeah. everything was big initially, but I would say within the first six to eight weeks, they got, they started gaining weight. And picking up because they were breastfed. So what I would do is I would pump and then I would take milk. We take milk, fresh milk to the hospital two or, two or three times a day yeah. uh, while they were in the NIC unit to ensure that they did get the breast milk. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that seemed to help them gain weight rel- relatively quickly. That's fantastic. You found out that the program that was helping you, what did you call it, nurses? Nurses for newborns. For newborns was part of a program that was formed through March of Dimes is a it was one of the programs that support the March you know that helps support March of Dimes you know uh, babies uh, premature babies that March of Dimes yeah because March of Dimes helps uh support lots of programs and get people out uh, kind of into the field right so to speak and into the lives and the homes of families where their help is really needed right right okay do you want us to switch to your husband now sure. and get a little more information from him and because apparently you were involved with the March of Dimes or supporting the March of Dimes in a whole different way. And this changed your perspective. OK, let's get uh, the husband to the mic. We've got Robert. This is the McMurray family, the March of Dimes ambassador family. We want to thank him so much for joining us today. Uh, we're getting ready for another big fundraiser for March of Dimes. So we're trying to remind people how important it is to support organizations like this. So now welcome. Hello. Robert McMurray, thank you for joining us. All right, thank you. Now, you were involved with supporting the March of Dimes well before you had your twins. Yes, I was. Uh, I'm a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Phi Beta Sigma? Yeah, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. And uh, March of Dimes is one of our national uh, programs mm-hmm. and uh, one of the nonprofit organizations that we support uh, every year through fundraising. And it's a blessing to have groups like that who are regular supporters of the March of Dimes who 
also help spread that money into research mm-hmm. and help yes. for families like yours. Yes, most definitely. So how did you feel when you had babies who had been born early and to know that you had been supporting the March of Dimes? It really hit home for me to already be involved with March of Dimes. And then uh, once our girls were born, you know, just to, you know, sit back and you've heard all these stories of uh, premature births and, you know, the babies and how small they are and follow the tubes and wires hooked up to them, you know, in the NICU and going through the process of hoping everything's going to be all right and hoping they're coming home okay. Yeah. And just like uh, my wife Joan said earlier, it was a very scary moment, you know, us being in NICU, you know, day in and day out until they both came home. And and it was kind of hard to see one come home first. And like she said earlier, you know, Lauren did not come home until two weeks after Logan came home. Yeah. So that really kind of scared us. You know, we had one that was home okay, and they knew it was going to be okay, and we still had one there at the NICU hoping everything's going to be okay for her to come home as well. And that she was going to keep gaining weight. Yes, correct. Yes. And that also had to split your focus a little bit because you say you were in the neonatal intensive care unit every day. Yes. But mm-hmm. so now what did you do? One person stay there and one person go home or make trips back and forth? Yes. Uh, th- in some cases, that was the case. But uh, we was blessed to have family here. Her mother, Teresa Brooks, uh, she was here to help us with these twins. And uh, she also had family that came down from uh, New Jersey. They're from New Jersey. Yeah. And uh, had family come down to help us as well. So, uh, Man, what I mean, would we do without family? Yeah, yeah, we had that support. We had that support. So uh, that was the uh, the blessing in disguise, you know, to yeah. help us through a situation. Because, you know, think about it, we really wasn't young. You know, Joan was 40 years old at the time she mm-hmm. had the twins. So, I mean, we were not young. And, uh, you know, being at the age, you know, there are the chances of, of uh, things going down the wrong path, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, for births of twins. So uh, we knew they was going to come earlier, but we did not know it was going to be that early. Right. So. How did you feel when you got the call to go to the hospital and said, don't stop and pack a bag, <laughs> just get here? Well, it, it was, was kind of a crazy day because I was actually at work. I was working at Nissan at the time. That was actually having a uh, baby shower for me at work. Oh, yes, yes. you're like just in time. <laughs> actually, happened during the break time, and uh, we was all sitting there, and they was all giving their gifts and congratulating me, and uh, and I was about to sit down and eat, and uh, the phone rang in our in our zone area there at work, and and my supervisor said, "McMurray, you got to go now." And I'm looking at like, go where? He's at this Jones. The, the doctor's on the phone now. You need to get to to the hospital. You're like, but wait, I so, hadn't ate my cake yet. <laughs> so uh, I'm telling you, it was just like a blur. I probably got from Smyrna to downtown at, uh, uh, it was a Baptist hospital, but it's St. Thomas Midtown right now, currently. And uh, I remember pulling up into the uh, parking lot and uh, just parked my truck, just got out my truck, didn't care if he got towed or whatever. <laughs> Ran upstairs and I remember seeing the uh, doctor uh, call me from down the hallway. He's directing me to uh, get my scrubs on and Get me to the uh, to the room as soon as possible. How long after you got to the hospital were the babies born? Oh, it was quick. Uh, oh. It was quick. Uh, Logan was at 2.40 p.m. and Lauren was at 2.42 p.m. So I probably got there right at probably 2.30. Man. So it, it was just, it was quick. Don't you feel fortunate to yes. that it all worked out like that? Yes, it did. Do they let him in to, to see the babies being born? Were yes. you in there? Yes, I was right there beside her, yeah. Were these your first kids? First, yes. How'd you feel about that, Daddy? 
Oh, it was it was a it was, was it, was it, it was a great day. It was, was beautiful. And I passed it, out. It was a beautiful day. It it was a beautiful day. I mean, at the same time, we were scared because I know when Logan came out, you know, the first thing you will hear is that cry, you know, from your child and knowing everything's gonna be fine. But when Lauren came out, it was it was total silence, mm-hmm. and that was a moment in time that just everything just paused, and you're like, okay, what's going on? And they whisked her away, and next thing you know. We finally got a cry out of her, and that's when they took them both to the NICU. Where well, they took Logan first, and then Lauren followed right behind her after they got her, you know, to cry and made sure everything was working. Everything and she was is okay, breathing yes. and yes. crying and all of that stuff. Yes, and uh, they told me that you know immediately they told us that they was going to be in NICU for a while. They didn't know how long, but you know after we found out what their weights were, and uh, we knew it was going to be a while mm-hmm. that they was going to be there. Were you guys praying a lot that day? Yes, we were. Yeah, we we definitely were praying. Uh, uh, we we called our pastor uh, that married us, and uh, you know he came and prayed with us there in, you know, at the hospital. Yeah, that would uh, be my yeah. my first call. I think. I yeah. mean, it really would. It's like phew. yeah, Reverend Henry, uh, uh, rest in peace. Uh, he definitely was a uh, cornerstone for us. You mm-hmm. know? When was the first time that you realized that March of Dimes was involved in the programs and in the things that were helping your own babies? Well, I mean, I kind of had a had a you know idea exactly what was involved with March of Dimes. So, you know, the uh, first couple of years that we've been involved with fundraising mm-hmm. and uh, knowing about the research and uh, what March of Dimes does for helping uh, healthy mom and babies to become you know yeah. healthy, so that they are able to come home and and the research that goes involved uh, with you know helping that research prevent prematurity. Yeah. What do you tell people now? When you're encouraging them to support the March of Dimes, and what do you think people don't know that they need to know to encourage them to help? What I do when I when I talk to people when it comes to fundraising and and you know uh, supporting March of Dimes is looking back at you know and telling them my story, you know what we went through as a family and uh, having those happy moments and not having to worry if your child's going to be okay or not. Mm-hmm. You know, I had friends that, you know, come home, the kids are six, seven, eight pounds and, you know, they're already, you know, wearing their little clothes and outfits they've gotten, you know, before. And But when our girls came home, it was still that road to making sure they was going to be all right. I mean, mm-hmm. just because they came home, I mean, there was so many things we had to watch out for. I remember before we left the hospital, we have to learn, you know, make sure we knew the correct CPR. And, mm-hmm. Or if they started choking, we had to go through a class to make sure those things were done correctly in case something happened while they were home or things to watch out for when they're, if in the middle of the night, they just stop breathing. And that's why the nurses of newborns, that was a great help, you know, in making sure that we had all our bases covered, you know, with them to make sure they're going to be the girls they are today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the babies were so small, were mm-hmm. procedures different, like CPR? Like now we like we push on their chest right. and stuff, and they, their little chests were so tiny. Right, yes. There's different ways of doing the CPR when the babies are that small. It's like your yeah. finger or your yeah. thumb or what? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yep. Two it, fingers. Two fingers. Yeah. Yes, two fingers. How did you feel learning that? Well, I, Glad to like, know it. Glad to know it. I mean, and currently that, that's the reason why I'm in healthcare now. That was one reason why I got into healthcare. I left Nissan back in 2008 and... Uh, right after they were born and uh, went to healthcare. And I what? Cur- currently work for HCA now. Doing yeah. doing what? Uh, I'm currently the uh, manager at Care Now Urgent Care in Mount Juliet. Oh my goodness! And mm-hmm. it came from 
you being at the hospital, you learning the mm-hmm. procedures and realizing that you mm-hmm. have a love of health care, a love of t- yes. helping t- get people well and keep them well? Yes, most definitely. Uh, not only after they were born, uh, my wife, Joan, she was diagnosed with breast cancer a year and two months later. Mm-hmm. So uh, that all in one big bundle is what directed me into where I'm, what I'm doing now. Wow. Is, uh, you know, helping others and being involved with healthcare. And also with the sport and March of Dimes and helping others. This world works in mysterious ways, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. So how are you guys doing now as a family? Everybody, are you are you thriving, girls? Are you doing okay? Yes. Yeah? Are you happy and healthy and full of mischief and trouble? Yes, yes. she said. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the kids now. How are, how are your girls now? They are doing amazing. They're, I'm going to hear what your dad says. Yeah. It matches I, your story. Dad would tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> They are A-B students mm-hmm. uh, that currently uh, go to school in Wilson County at Mount Jewel High School. And uh, Logan plays golf, and Lauren plays lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Uh, she currently plays lacrosse in Franklin. We don't have a lacrosse league in Mount, in uh, Wilson County, mm-hmm. but she plays lacrosse. And uh, they're doing great. I mean, they're both uh, aspiring to go into health care as well. They both want to be travel nurses. Travel nurses? Yes. What is a travel nurse? A travel nurse is just like any other nurse. They just travel from city to city. You just uh, sign contracts to work at different hospitals. So know? wherever the need is greatest. Wherever the need is, yes. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yep. Way to go, girls. That's fantastic. <laughs> nice. That Because that is a, a very, very important need right, right now in our exactly. world. People who can come in and yeah. whew, fill the breach a little bit when we got a, a, mm-hmm. a gap here and we can't meet yeah. all these needs. Yeah, hopefully they'll be Nick, NICU nurses. nurses is that think. what you may be thinking about? NICU nurses haven't decided yet. <laughs> okay, so um, what what do you want to tell people right now about getting involved with March of Dimes? Like, here's mm-hmm. you know, um, you've heard our story. You know, March of Dimes does important work. Mm-hmm. How do you do your ask? Ask them. Ask them right now to get involved and support. Well, our ask right now is uh, that you come out and uh, support March of Dimes. You know, if it's financially or, or however you can. Uh, if that's just educating everyone about when it comes to prematurity. Currently right now, you know, even with African-American babies, the prematurity rate is 50% more than any other uh, nationality of, of children. And um, wait, what? Yes. 50, Say that again? Yes. The prematurity rate is 50% more. Among African-Americans? Babies. Mm-hmm. And do we know why? Actually, there's many reasons why. I guess, you know, a lot of it has to be genetics. A lot of that is being figured out through the research of March of Dimes. Mm-hmm. You know, well, March of Dimes supporting the research of uh, helping African-American babies, uh, you know, become, you know, healthy and, and not have to go through this process of being premature. But I feel like I read something just recently that said part of it is mm-hmm. part of the programs that the March of Dimes has is to make sure that they have healthy baby uh, initiatives that reach people mm-hmm. who might not get. Right. the right health care and mm-hmm. the right information and the right assistance to yeah. even get to the health care. Mm-hmm. And that involves uh, reaching out specifically to minority communities, right. African-Americans exactly. and some of the minorities that we have in our city to make sure that even if there's a language barrier, that yeah. they get the information that yeah. they need. I mean, the nutrition, everything is very important, you know, doing, you know, anyone should know doing pregnancy, but uh, it's very important that, you know, you do the things that your, your OB is telling you you know, doing your pregnancy process to make sure that your baby, babies are healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we, this is for, you know, March of Dimes for all babies, you know, not just for African-American babies, but all babies. Of course. And uh, we want to make sure that all mothers come home healthy and all babies come home healthy. Yeah. But if there is a chance of prematurity that things are put in place 
to help those families, you know, to feel secure and not be so worried about if their baby's going to be okay or not. Yeah. Uh, because I, I know when we was there in the NICU, there was many families there that, you know, there was even some single mothers with their babies. And I know there was times I would just go over and talk to them and try to make them feel better about the situation, let them know that everything's going to be okay. That they and, were not alone. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know about Joan, but I'm pretty sure she feel the same way. But, you know, when we left the hospital is we had a bond with some of those those mothers and fathers that were there with their kids. And mm-hmm. and when you leave and then you're sitting back and, you know, they're seeing you leave and their babies and their kids are still there. And it's kind of like, you know, you're hoping everything's going to be OK with them. But, you know, at the same time, you're happy for yours. But, you know, you're still praying for the ones that's still there. And you want to make sure yeah. and support the research that can help more healthy babies and healthy moms. Come exactly. Home. Exactly. That's what March Down is there for is, is for to make sure that. Everyone's babies come home, and that's done through the research, helping the, you know, the doctors, no BGYN uh, doctors, uh, to help the mothers, make sure they're doing the right things. Yeah. That's what we want to make sure we, you keep supporting, and that's why we're here, uh, to help march down, to keep doing what they're doing, to help healthy babies and healthy moms. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, the McMurray family, uh, Robert, Joan, Lauren, and Logan. Thank you, guys. Thank you for no, coming by you. and telling your story. And thank you for what you do all year long to support the March of Dimes, which supports moms and babies and families in our community. Thank you, guys. Oh, Good thank job. you. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Make sure you join us again next week. We'll put some links on our Focus Facebook page so you can check out more and get more information about the March of Dimes, how to help, how they help the community as well. And make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.